0: We hope you'll be blessed and inspired and challenged and motivated by this fresh word from Christian Heritage Church. Have you noticed
1: that as the new year comes around, there's a lot of folks that like to make predictions, things that are going to happen in the upcoming year. Some of them will will even go out 10, 20, or even 30 years with their predictions. This past week, I started thinking about some of those and remembering some did actually come true, but the vast majority were horribly wrong. Kind of remind me of the prediction that was made in 1967, where those who were experts in the realm of technology predicted that by the turn of the century, Americans would only be working 22 hours a week and 27 weeks out of the year because technology would have taken over that much of our jobs. And I thought, man, did they ever miss that? How's that working out for you? Anybody here working 22 hours a week and 27 weeks a year? Probably not unless you're retired just doesn't work that way, does it? We need to understand there's a lot of things people tell us that simply don't come true. But one thing we need to be aware is we should focus on the fact that we need to prioritize our lives in the new year. So that God gets honor and glory in everything we do. And in 364 days, we should be able to look back on 2017, not with regrets, not with I wish I would have, But saying, I live my life to the fullest, I gave God my all, and I was enriched and benefited because of that. So the Apostle Paul gives us some advice about how we ought to live in these verses of Scripture from Ephesians 5. He says, be very careful then how you live not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's the will? Lord's will is. So when I look at that passage of Scripture, those two short verses, it tells me several things. Number one, it tells me our time is limited, as my time is limited. This morning, we understand our time on earth is limited. Show me, O Lord, my life's end and the number of my days, and let me know how fleeting my life is, the psalmist said in Psalm 39, verse 4. You know, when I think back uh, and we realize that we've been promised 70, 80 years through the Scripture, that seems like a long time if you're 14 years old. Seems like it will never occur, never happen. Matter of fact, I remember when I was young and I thought anybody over 40 should have already bought their funeral plan. You know what I mean? Perspective. It's all relative. But now that I'm on the other side of 40, that seems like a pretty young age to me. A lot of days yet to live. We need to understand that we have to make the most of every opportunity. And Paul said we should do that because the days are evil. We know from John chapter 10 that we have an enemy. And our enemy is a thief and a liar. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. One of the things he loves to destroy is the most precious commodity we've ever been given, and that's our time. We all have the same amount of time. Did it ever amaze you when you see someone that can get so much done in the same amount of time as someone else who's sitting there twiddling their thumbs? Because they learned how to handle their time. They learned how to manage their time so they can do many, many different things all at once and be successful in it. Jesus said that Satan is a thief and a robber, and he comes to steal our time. I don't want to make you down this morning, but can you think just a moment about all the time you've wasted? Time wasted in sin. Last night, actually yesterday afternoon, we did a funeral here for a nine-year-old girl, and the burial was way out uh, north of Quincy. On the way back, I was dying of thirst, so we had to stop and get, you know, a Dr. Pepper. So I pulled into this little convenience store and went in and talked to the guy, and I said, "Man, I hope you don't have to deal with a lot of drunks tonight." He said, oh, "It's already started. They're coming in, falling down. What a waste of time!" Wasted time in sin and things that will have no value, no merit. So many waste time. Maybe more in the church world, we spend a lot of time and waste a lot of time gossiping and complaining. Come on, we ought to turn that into praise to the living God and exalt and magnify Him. Quit looking at the negative and accentuate the positive and utilize that time. It's not just sin, however, that demands and steals our time. Sometimes even good things can be a thief of our time. You can read it in Luke chapter 10 where the story talks about Mary and Martha. And Jesus came to their house one day and Martha's in the kitchen cooking dinner and Mary's sitting at his feet listening to his teaching. Martha gets really ticked because she's all about getting dinner prepared. They have to eat. And she comes and she says to Jesus, why don't you make my sister come and help me? Why do you let her sit there at your feet and listen to your teaching? Tell her to come to the kitchen and get to work. And what did Jesus say to her? He said, Martha, you just don't understand. You're all upset about things that really don't matter. Yeah, we need to eat, but more importantly, we need to hear words of life. He rebuked her in a very gentle and a kind way. You see, the the sin wasn't that she was in the kitchen cooking dinner. The problem is that God was in her living room. And she was so preoccupied with what was right in front of her, she missed that fact. You know, I considered it and I thought, that's so much like you and me. So many times God is right here. But we're preoccupied with what's going on in our life and we miss the fact that God has showed up in our living room. We miss an opportunity for Him to do something mighty and wonderful in our lives. We make that mistake every single day because we're so busy dealing with life we forget the eternal. And as a result of that, we find ourselves overcommitted. I talked to a guy last week that said, I've got to go to six New Year's Eve parties this Saturday night. And I'm thinking, you need to be committed. You, know, you need to find the insane asylum and check yourself in. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Overcommitments. Think about it. Our closets are full. Our garages are overflowing. You know, garages are meant to hold cars, right? Not all the junk we don't know where else to put. By the way, if you have some of that, give it to Good Samaritan and they'll turn it into cash and support a ministry. Amen. So we need to understand we're overcommitted. And we went into debt to pay for all of these things we think we need. And then we simply store away. And then we have to hire Daryl to put in a security system so that somebody doesn't steal all this stuff that we've got in our house that we really don't need. We're overcommitted. And then we're overloaded with work. We get up early, we fight traffic, we put up with difficult people, we experience inhospitable working conditions, because we got to work to pay for all that stuff The sitting in the garage, amen? We're overcommitted, and then with possessions, we're overloaded with work, and then we're overloaded with information. I had a doctor friend say to me a few months ago, I have to read 220 articles every month to stay relevant in my field. And think about it, there is information everywhere today. I mean, you can plug into the internet and you can find something about anything you wanted to know. We're overloaded with information. We can't possibly absorb it all and then we begin to feel overwhelmed. There are so many demands on our time. So many things that need to be done and then we become overloaded. Do you realize there are only 8,760 hours in a year? We've already used 11 of those today. The clock is ticking. We need to make sure we're doing things that make the most of every opportunity. And then number two, we need to understand what the Lord's will is. That's what Paul said. Understand what the Lord's will is. So ask yourself this question this morning. What do I think God wants for me in 2017? Do you really think you want your mind saturated with worries and fears? Do you really think he wants you overcome by anxiety? No, I believe he wants you to be filled with peace. I believe he wants you to live in joy. I believe that he wants you to know everything is manageable when we bring it to him. Do you think he really wants your calendar so crowded you don't have time for important things like family? So think about it for just a moment. What is God's will for you this year? Well, how do we determine that? Well, someone said we make New Year's resolutions. You know, all those are dead in 30 days, right? All these great ideas, things we're going to do, they die in 30 days. It's not going to happen that way. So resolutions won't get you to the will of God. This is what will get you the will of God. Learning to establish priorities. Learning to put first things first. You have to decide where does God fit in my life? How does that flesh out on a daily basis? Who's most important to you? And I'm hoping your answer is that it's Jesus Christ. My relationship with God is more important to me than anything else. I hope that's your answer this morning. If so, then put that as your number one priority. To know Him. To seek Him. To understand Him. To experience Him in a greater and a deeper way. Because if you do that, it affects every decision you make in life. If you do that, it causes you to understand God really is in control. And if you do that, I know this is a little bit biased, but it'll cause you to roll out of bed on Sunday morning and come to church. It'll cause you to get up and come to worship him. It'll cause you to smile when you walk in the door and not say, where's the coffee? I need a fix. Now that's me at six on Sunday morning, but by the time you get there, I'm smiling, all right? When we establish our priorities, it allows us to come and worship the king. Number two, you need to find time. Establish a priority every day to read his word and to pray. You need to do that for yourself. You need to find a time when you can shut out every distraction, turn off the phone, shut down the computer, and just have God time. Just see what he's saying to you through his word and by his Holy Spirit, Find time to pray. Pray for yourself. Pray for your family. Pray for your church. Pray for your nation. Pray for your coworkers. It's amazing what happens in our attitude when we begin to pray for other people. It's an amazing thing. you got to try it sometime. And then number three, you need to prioritize time with your family. You need to spend time with them. For years, I've been in full-time ministry, and it's a very consuming and time-consuming uh, career. But I was talking to my oldest son not very long ago, and he said, Dad, I remember that you never missed a ball game. You never missed a concert. You never missed a play. Because no matter how busy my life was, my family was the priority. My kids were the priority. You know, it it really grieves my heart that we're a thousand miles away from our grandkids, and we aren't there to watch them play ball and go to the school concerts and the plays. So that's something we've lost in order to prioritize God in our lives. We need to make our families priority. Spend time with your spouse. Spend time with your children. Spend time with your parents. I admire my wife so much. She pours her life into her mom. She goes to see her every single day and spends time with her. And I don't have that ability. I go to see my dad about three times a year in 24 hours. I'm ready to go home. That's just the relationship she and, he and I have. Nothing bad about it, just the way it's always been. But she pours herself into her family. And then give your best to work. I believe that if an employer hires a Christian, he should be hiring the best person possible. He should get the best possible. We should do everything as unto the Lord and not unto man so that God can be glorified in our lives. So establish your priorities and then learn how to live Today. Today. The two greatest enemies of our time is regretting the past and worrying about the future. You can't change one iota from yesterday and you cannot control anything tomorrow. All you can do is live today to the glory and the honor of God. Make your life count in the moment you have and that moment is right now. Don't live in the past. Don't live in the future. But live in today and recognize that God has a plan for you here. Many of us instead play the wishing game. Well, I wish it were different. Well, I wish it would change. Well, I wish it were next week. I wish it were next month. Kids go to school and say, boy, I wish this day were over. You came to church and say, boy, I wish this sermon was over. Three minutes and it will be. We play the wishing game. Someone said life is really what happens while you're making plans to do something else. Life is what happens when you're making plans to do something else. So I pray for you, for Christian Heritage Church this year, that you'll find enough happiness to keep you sweet. And you'll have enough trials to make you strong. I pray you'll have enough sorrow to keep you human and enough hope to keep you happy. I pray you'll have enough failure to keep you humble and enough success to make you eager and hungry for better things. I pray that God gives you enough friends to comfort you and he gives you enough loneliness to make you appreciate those friends. I pray that God gives you enough enthusiasm to look forward to tomorrow and enough determination to say it's going to be better than today. So I pray that in this service this morning, God help us use our 8,760 hours minus 11 for his glory and for his honor in 2017. See, the Bible says it this way in Romans 13, 11, and 12. The hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber. Come on, 2016 is gone. All your defeats and all your victories, they're behind you. Stop looking back and look at what God has for you Today in 2017, the hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night's nearly over. The day's almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and take up the armor of light. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed in this room this morning. Father, we thank you that you have a plan for our lives. That your plan is perfect and complete. That you make no mistakes or errors as you guide us and lead us. So in this room this morning, I pray for every person who is anxious about a new year. And you'll remind them that through their worry and their anxiety, they can't put hair on their head. They can't grow taller. That all we can do is trust you. So would you help them to stop worrying about tomorrow and live in today? and in the promise of God for today. And Lord, I pray for those in this room who are bound by guilt and bound by memories from yesterday and last year. They just can't let it go. It's holding them captive. I pray this morning that you would release them, free them, remind them that you are the God who forgives and forgets and you're able to see them through the past into a bright future into a better today and a better tomorrow as we choose to trust you. His heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I must ask this morning, is there anyone here, you've come to worship the Lord on this New Year's Day and you know that you're not in right relationship with Him. You know that your sin has separated you from the King of kings and the Lord of lords and today you want to remedy that by asking Him to forgive you, to come into your life, to change you. If that's you, right where you're set, I'm going to pray for you. As you lift your hand and say, pray for me, Steve, I want God to do a work of forgiveness in my life. As a, Wait a moment, anyone? Yes, I see that. And yes, yes, yes. Anyone else? Yes. Anyone else who will join these five and say, I want God to do a work of forgiveness in my life. Anyone else? I wait just another moment. I'm going to pray for you, and I want everybody in this room to pray this prayer with me. So if you're one of those five or six that lifted your hand as you pray... Believe that God is hearing you. Believe that He is the Son of God, that He died for your sins, and when you ask, He forgives you of those sins. Let Him do a work in your life this New Year's morning that will change the rest of your life. So, everybody, would you pray this prayer with me? Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. I ask You to come into my heart. I ask You to forgive my sins. I ask you to repair repair the breach that sin caused. Make me a child of God. I confess you as my Lord. I receive you as my Savior. Now change me. Change me. Change me. Erase my sin. And make me a child of God. I pray it in Jesus' name in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer in faith this morning, God heard you. The next step is to tell someone that I've asked Jesus to forgive me. So if you don't see anybody around you, you can tell that you found me at the door on the way out, and you tell me, I asked Jesus to forgive me this morning. And then you get in church every Sunday. Open your Bible and read it every day. If you don't have a Bible, we'll give you one. Get in the New Beginnings class on Wednesday night, and let God help you to grow in Him and become the man or the woman He wants you to be in 2017. Stand with me this morning.
0: Our prayer is that God will take this word and plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. Father, we pray for your great wisdom to infiltrate this listener, draw them to you, and take them gently down the road to their next destination in life. And if you're in need of a home church, we invite you to join us at Christian Heritage Church on Shera Road in Tallahassee, Florida